Hey, Husker fans, welcome to another episode of the Husker Big Red Podcast with Chris Peterson and Danny Gillette. As always, go Big Red. Welcome back to the Husker Big Red YouTube channel. I'm Chris Peterson, and joining me as always is Danny Gillette. And uh, we're back here after uh, a big win for the Huskers on uh, Sunday night over Michigan State. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, Danny, how are you doing this morning? Good. I'm sensing maybe some uh, big football recruiting wins in the near future as well. So it's a good time to be a Husker fan. A lot of news, probably a lot more news this week. And um, I can't believe we're that much closer to early signing day. Hopefully the Huskers don't fumble the visit like I kind of uh -huh. fumbled with my uh, microphone there for a second was talking when I was on mute, but uh, got it sorted out there after a second. But at any rate, everybody, welcome back uh, to another episode of our podcast. Uh, before we get into it, um, if you haven't already done us a big favor by hitting the subscribe button, uh, please do that. We definitely appreciate all the interaction, um, everybody, you know, liking the, the videos and yeah. uh, offering up your comments. So uh, please keep doing that. And if you haven't, uh, please subscribe as our uh, list keeps growing here. But um, anyways, not to mess around, we got, like you said, Danny, you kind of uh, teased the point there. We got some big re recruiting news, transfer portal recruiting news over the weekend. Um, things have been progressing with uh, Kyle McCord and uh, with Julian Fleming. And on Sunday, it was confirmed by multiple outlets that these guys are coming in for a visit this week. So what are your initial impressions of that? What does that mean for Nebraska? Get it done. Do not let them leave the campus without you know, getting their commitment, get it done. Transfer portal quarterbacks, a.k.a. Kyle McCord, are flying off the proverbial shelves right now. Nebraska needs a playmaker. I know people have their reservations about McCord. I did, you know, watching him a little bit last year as well. But the bottom line is he's an impact playmaker. He's better than what we have at the quarterback position right now. And, you know, I think he's the type of quarterback that can, help us, you know, take on this tougher schedule next season and um, get it done. Don't waste any time because if we don't land him, somebody else will. Yeah, it might be, um, you know, up to the – got to make sure the 1890 can, uh, you know, hold their end of the – the deal, but I have to believe that you know these guys wouldn't be um, you know making the visit if if uh, you know they were worried about the NIL thing. I think it's honestly, I, I really, it seems like more with transfer portal guys. You know, they they might take a visit or two, but usually, you know, a lot of times the first visit and they're done. You know, it's like you said, they need to make, get this commitment done. Um, there hasn't been a lot of other you know programs interested that i've really heard i mean i've heard syracuse i've heard rutgers i've heard pittsburgh you know none of those teams i mean nebraska should be able to beat out those teams for you know a recruit and you know you look at this kyle mccord i mean he was a five-star quarterback coming out of high school um three thousand yards last year 24 touchdowns six interceptions so you know he was really productive and yeah he, he played with marvin harrison jr and some really talented players but I mean, he still put some really, you know, good balls out on tape. I mean, go watch – if you have any doubts about him, I mean, go watch the Michigan game. I mean, sure, you can look at the stats and say, oh, he threw two interceptions. But, I mean, anybody who's critical of his performance in that game didn't – didn't because, I mean, didn't watch the game uh, because he – it was part of the reason they had an opportunity to win that game. I mean, he was under pressure. They didn't really run the football that much. Um, or, I mean, when they, they did run the ball well, and then they basically abandoned it and put the game on his shoulders against a really good defense on the road. And, I mean, uh, you know, Marvin Harrison did make some, 
you know, a couple of good receptions in that game, but he only had five catches. So it's not like it was all Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, he, he made some really big throws. And, uh, you know, so I think he would be a huge get for Nebraska football. Absolutely. And I think Julian Fleming, you know, as a package deal would be really good for Nebraska football as well. He had 26 catches for 270 yards last season. But um, a guy by the Mar- name of Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, stood out at the wide receiver position uh, for Ohio State last year. And so did Emeka Abuka. So I don't really, you know, when you have a chance to play for Ohio State and you're playing with those two guys, I mean, you know, you take the you know, lower statistics with a grain of salt. And, you know, Fleming as a recruit was the top wide receiver in the 2020 class, the fourth overall player nationally in the entire class. Uh, And, you know, he's the fourth overall wide receiver in the transfer portal rankings. And so getting him as well would be a major, major boost, you know, 20th overall in the transfer rankings. And, you know, we need playmakers at the wide receiver position. We have a lot of, you know, projected playmakers with raw talent, but Fleming can get the job done. And, you know, I wouldn't mind, you know, bringing in McCord and then also bringing in somebody that he knows to get comfortable within the offense. Because at the end of the day, we need to move the ball. And if a connection with Fleming will will be able to help that, then I'm all for it. Yeah, and Julian Fleming, honestly, I think he could, um, if he declared for the NFL draft, he would get drafted. I have yeah. no uh-huh. doubt about that because um, you look at, you mentioned a couple of the guys um, he played with. They also had Jackson Smith and Jigba. And before that, they had Garrett Wilson and, um, shoot, I'm blanking on the the other guys. Salave? Yeah. So, I mean, it, literally, he's had to play, he's had uh, now when Marv goes in the first round, I mean, that's three or four first round receivers he's played with. Um, you know, so I mean, it's not like this guy isn't talented. He just played with some incredibly good receivers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even if like, look, if you put the, if this guy, um, you know, if he transferred to Michigan, he'd be their best receiver. I mean, he would be the basically on any big 10 team, but Ohio state, he'd be the best receiver on the team. I mean, essentially, in my opinion, because you look at, I mean, Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, none of these programs have anybody that that's as good as this guy. And uh, Nebraska, I mean, Malachi Coleman, I think, could be definitely in that conversation. But I think Julian Fleming just is hoping he can go somewhere, be the be the true number one for a season and get like a thousand yards, which he's definitely capable of, especially, you know, if he knows he's playing with the legit quarterback like Kyle McCord, who he already has, you know, those connections with. Um, I mean, that could, he could come in here and have a season like, you know, Trey Palmer or Samori Toure did and really improve his draft stock. So I think it would be a smart move for him. And like you said, it would be a great move for Nebraska to really get, you know, a big time. I mean, these are both, you know, five-star players, you know, coming out of high school. And it's not like they didn't have, you know, productive careers. I mean, I know Julian Fleming has only had about a thousand career yards, but still, he's still been, he's still produced at this level. And Kyle McCord obviously just had a 3000 yard season. So it would be pretty, it's not like these guys have sat on the bench at Ohio state and haven't played like they've played, they've produced Julian Fleming had one of the best catches in that Michigan Ohio state game. So I think these would just, massively upgrade the offensive talent level for Nebraska overnight. Absolutely. And, you know, you take a look at, you know, even the social media posts, Danny Kalen liked, you know, the fact that uh, McCord and Fleming were visiting on Instagram. So I don't think, you know, these, these moves would deter Kalen or anything like that. I think it gives Kalen a chance to develop. And it also, you know, say Nebraska has a winning season with McCord and Fleming, 
then you have something to sell as a program and and you know you can help Kalen get better weapons for the future and things like that and we already have a pretty good wide receiver room so I mean I can only look at any of this as a positive and I'm just hoping they steal the deal because you know it sounds good on paper but I won't believe it until they're on the field and you know for what it's worth the 1890 initiative has started to really post a lot of content on social media now so I think they're I think they're getting the message as well that you know they need to get this done and hopefully they will yeah it, and they do need to wrap this up with Kyle McCord because I really don't see him getting Julian Fleming without McCord um no. and then you know you you mentioned some of the dominoes have started to fall I mean Blake Shapin's off the board Dylan Gabriel um you know there's still some you know like Will Howard is out there but there hasn't been much talk you know between Nebraska and I haven't heard much about Will Howard at all I'm not sure no. I'd have to double check if he visited anywhere this week but um I know it sounds like Tyler Van Dyke from Miami visited Wisconsin this weekend. So it seems like that, you know, that seems like a good fit to me. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not that like if Nebraska misses on Kyle McCord, there's still lots of guys out there, you know, and there will be more players out there. I believe it's, you know, eventually because um, some guys like Jeff Sims, I mean, he hasn't entered his name into the portal yet. And I think it's because he's just waiting till he's going to graduate because that, you know, which hap which will happen soon. And then, uh, you know, then he can, uh, transfer without sitting out the two years or without sitting out a year. So th there's going to be more guys that that probably do enter the transfer portal, especially, you know, it's like with Nebraska too. If they got Kyle McCord, that could cause, um, you know, Chubba Purdy to transfer. I mean, like with uh, Oregon, Dylan Gabriel transferred there and Ty Thompson, another kid that was a five-star, I think in either 21 or 22, um, pretty good quarterback. He just entered the transfer portal. So, I mean, like maybe if you don't get Kyle McCord, you could pivot to somebody like that, but, I feel like in terms of proven guys in the transfer portal, there's not there's not many after Kyle McCord, at least right no. now. No, not no, not right now. And you know, I think you know his style would be perfect for what Marcus Satterfield wants to run offensively. You know, it just he's he kind of just stays in the pocket, makes his reads, makes his throws, and you know, I think that's what they kind of want to run more so than what they did last year. So. I think it would be a good offensive fit. I don't think it's just for getting Kyle McCord because he's a good quarterback. I think, you know, Kyle McCord would be a good get because he fits what the offense wants to do. Yeah, I agree. I think people get too caught up in this idea that Satterfield and Rule want like a running quarterback. I mean, if you yeah. look at Baylor, I mean, he he played with the pro style quarterback. So, I mean, Rule has shown he can do it both ways. I mean, it's yeah, it's nice if you can run. And I, I think Kyle McCord could run if he had to. Yeah. The, the Ohio State just doesn't do that. I mean, it was like uh, C.J. Stroud never ran. He ran a little bit in the Sugar Bowl against Georgia last year, so he can do it. It's just not part of what Ryan Day likes to do. That's just, you know, for whatever reason, he doesn't want to run his quarterback. And, I mean, look in the Big Ten. It is not – guys get hurt. I mean, it, you, I mean, Nebraska fans have seen that with, uh, I mean, Taylor Martinez, with Adrian Martinez. I mean, even with Heinrich Harburg this year. I mean, Jeff Sims, I mean, when he was trying to run the ball this year, it's hard to have a running quarterback last in the Big Ten Conference. And at the end of the day, you need to be able to throw the football to win games. I mean, that's just – so that's why I still like the idea of, uh, you know, if you want to play bully ball sometimes, put Harburg in there. I mean, let him, you know, let him be a fullback slash quarterback slash whatever on special teams. You know, just let him be physical and run at somebody. But I, So I'm not worried about – long story short i'm not worried about kyle mccord you know not being able to run or, or do any of those things sure i like the escapability and, yeah. and i do think he's got 
you know, he's not Dan Marino. I mean, let's not act like this guy can't. He's not, he doesn't have one leg. You know, he can move, he can avoid, he can, you know, he is a little bit. Well, I will say though, and, and when we were first talking about him, um, is you do have to protect him. I mean, like any quarterback, any quarterback is not as good with protection, but, you know, some are better. You know, like Tom Brady was incredible at, uh, you know, dipping and dodging in the pocket and getting himself back into a throwing motion. Whereas, like Jared Goff, if you get pressure on him, you know, his footwork falls apart and he short he throws things yep. short. And and that's kind of what Kyle McCord, when he struggles, he gets pressure and things he, he throws things short, which, you know, that's not a rare thing to happen for a quarterback. So you do have to protect him like most guys. But I will say, you know, if he doesn't get protection, he 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 can be a little bit like Jared Goff. Well, I think, and you know, people brought this up in the chat on Saturday too, and I totally agree that we were worried about the running back depth um, for, you know, next season. But I think if you run an offense with Kyle McCord as your quarterback, that doesn't put as much pressure on the running backs. And I definitely think that counts for something, especially when you talk about the durability of players. And, you know, I think when you look also to just kind of build off that point, um, when you look at the offensive line commitments and, you know, the, the guys that they've been able to land, for example, like Bricks, you know, Preston, combined with what we have now, you know, it's they're kind of built for more of a um, um, pro scheme as opposed to a running quarterback. Like you can see the complementary, you know, football and the complementary, you know, additions with what the offense is trying to do. Because we saw it last year a little bit, and it drove me crazy. Satterfeld would try to you know, make Heinrich Harburg the second coming of Patrick Mahomes and it just wasn't, it just wasn't working. So he would finally run the football after I, after I screamed at my TV. And, um, but there was one other point I had to make and I totally forgot what it was. Oh yeah. A lot of times with running quarterbacks, their throwing is limited. I mean, that's been the case for Nebraska for a number of years. Adrian Martinez was decent at it. You know, Sims, you know, he didn't exactly throw well on the run, never mind at all, to be quite honest. Harburg, you know, ran well, but couldn't throw well. So a lot of times when you have a running quarterback, the throwing limitations are very evident as well. So, I mean. Yeah, and I mean, I, I do, uh, I think the offensive line, um, yeah, it's going to be in a good spot. I mean, I, I like Gunnar Gatula and some of those other guys too. And like you said, Grant, I think Grant Bricks could play right away, um, you know, at least at least be like a swing tackle right away. Like somebody, if you had to play him, you wouldn't feel bad about it. Um, I, I feel like he definitely has the opportunity and, um, you know, the offensive line, we still haven't heard like a hundred percent from uh, like Bryce Benhurd and uh, Turner Corcoran. Um, Nebraska did reach out to um, one of the Texas A&M offensive linemen. Um, I'm trying to think of his name, but he, he already, I think he, he basically already eliminated them, but, at any rate, so they, well, they have, I think he has like 26 offers. So, yeah, Bizanito or whatever. But, yeah, I, I, I read somewhere, which of course it was on Twitter, that he had narrowed it down and Nebraska wasn't. In, so, you never know. But, um, it, it does show that, um, if there's if it's the right fit, I think they will add some pieces there. But right now, just got to get that quarterback done. So, hopefully, hopefully McCord comes in and they, they get this commitment done and then they could really uh, focus on building around him. And that would be the best situation, I think, going forward. And for what it's worth, you know, Donovan Rayola's contract expired on December 31st. Uh, he just got a one-year extension for next season with a pay raise from $325,000 to $500,000. So, 
I mean, I think that shows that the coaching staff and, you know, the program believes in what he can do. And I was ready to write him off last year, and he's starting to prove me wrong. So I'm happy to be proven wrong. Good for you, Donnie. Yeah, he did a, he did a nice job this year. So um, congrats to him. And uh, let's switch over to uh, the hardwood. So last night, I mean, it was a really a for uh, December game. It was a big game for Nebraska after losing the previous two, especially to Minnesota. I mean, they were looking at 0-2 in the Big Ten. And, uh, yeah, we were sitting there. I think it was tied. I can't remember what the score was tied. But, yeah, neither of us felt confident <laughs> in Nebraska. And uh, no. but they pulled it out. I mean, Bryce Williams made the huge shot. Um, Sam Hoiberg did a nice job defensively down the stretch. And uh, Casey hit some big threes. Jawan Gary gutted it out. Rink Mass, you know. First made start. Some... He needs to start permanently, I think, honestly. I think so, too. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I like Josiah League, but I just feel like bring him off the bench because – Man, if you got Gary and Williams and then, uh, you know, Casey, that's that's a lot of offensive firepower. And bringing a league off the bench would be just another weapon to have. I don't think a league's a bad player at all. It's not to say, you know, take him out because he's horrible. I think he's good. It's just, you know, you got so many weapons that you can mix and match with, and this is the depth you didn't have last year. So, um, no, Gary played awesome. I, I mean, when he's he has healthy, played awesome. Yeah, he has played awesome. I remember the Duquesne game as well. He really stepped up. But um, when he's healthy, he, he can make, excuse me, quite the impact. And um, that was very evident last night. Yeah, and what I think what I like about him is he can play, you know, him and Bryce, I feel like could both play like a small ball four, you know, and they both, you know, because Gary did that last year for most of the season before he got hurt. Um, So he can guard that position. And then the other, but the other thing is like, you know, those fours have to guard him too, you know, and he can, he can shoot the three. He can attack the basket. He can score down low. So I feel like, you know, you're kind of dictating how the other team's going to play. But one thing I do like about Nebraska is they can, you know, if you go big, they can go big. If you want to go small, they can go small. They can do a lot of different things this year. And um, it would just, yeah, it was really awesome to see Bryce Williams come up with that. And he he played really well. You know, he was bringing the ball up. They, they handled the pressure of Michigan State. They had less than 10 turnovers. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a big win. And, uh, you know. They needed that. I feel like now they're eight and two, one and one in the conference. And I know Michigan State's four and five right now. I know their record's not great, but this is going to be an NCAA tournament team. Like I just, you know, I'll be very surprised if Tom Izzo doesn't get this right by the end of the year. So I think that this win is going. I mean, right now they're ranked in the top forty of the Ken Palm. So as long as they stay in that range, it's going to maybe be a quad one win for Nebraska, especially if Michigan State, you know, gets things going and. Um, so the Duquesne's win, you know, wasn't a bad win. They still need to obviously get some some wins on the road, but you know, at any rate, you're sitting here. If you can beat if you could beat Kansas State, you'd be in a really good spot. But outside of that, I think they've got, you know, a couple of uh a couple other games that aren't too difficult. And um, so you know, if you win at least one or two of those, you're going into the Big Ten play with about 10 wins, and that's I think where this team needs to be. They shot over 60% in the second half, too, which helped. And it was good to see them. Um, you know, make their free throws as well. This has been one of the better Nebraska basketball free free throw shooting teams that I've seen in quite some time. And, um, you know, they also showed that they could close a game. And that was something that I kind of wondered, you know, can this, does this team know how to close? Can this team close a game? They did, they couldn't against Minnesota. They did a great job, you know, against Michigan State on Sunday. And it was good to see them, you know, being able to shut the door, so to speak, because historically, Nebraska Fred Hoiberg teams have not been able to close out games. So this was a 
good good um, showing on that end as well. And so now you have momentum. Um, they're going into Manhattan on uh, Sunday, so it's gonna so a road game against Kansas State, which is a, a quad one opportunity. Um, and then if they after that they've got North Dakota and South Carolina State at home to buy games. So, I mean they they should go into Big Ten play with at least ten wins. But if they could get that Kansas State victory, um, then then they would be looking at eleven and two with wins over Kansas State and Michigan State already. So that would be like you you couldn't ask for a better start than that for Nebraska. So as ugly as this last week was with that Minnesota loss, um, you know they flipped the script and it's just crazy. You know it's like everybody. Um, it's just funny to me that last, you know, leading up to that, everyone's like, oh man, Fred, it's not going to, you know, this isn't going to work. And it's like the second everybody counted Fred and this team out, they came out with maybe the best win of the the Fred Hoiberg era. I think this one's probably right up there with the Creighton one, just in terms of the importance of it. And that uh, you snap what 11 game win streak, you know, beat a team you haven't beat in seven years. So it's just, it's crazy how sometimes, you know, you, you need a low to uh, to hit a new high in the, in sports. So um, good good for Fred and good for everybody on this team. They really needed the win, and, and uh, it was a gutsy one. So congrats, guys. Yeah, and they played more of their game. They played more of their slow physical basketball. Like I thought Minnesota, for whatever reason, took Nebraska out of their game last week. I think Nebraska played more true to their style on Sunday. And, you know, the, the results paid off. And it was really great to see them get that win and, you know, Actual, and I don't want to say actual, but, you know, second half season conference play is coming up quick. So this was also, you know, good to get under their belt as, um, as you know, the conference play begins in, what, about a month or so? Uh, yeah, the start of the, yeah, about three more weeks. So they've got three non-conference games, and then after the start of the year, um, it's all Big Ten play. So they have 18 conference games left. Wow, coming up quick. and. They've had some early tests here, and hopefully they'll be ready. I feel like this team is built for, you know, the conference slate um, a little bit better than in comparison to other years. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, they they can play, you know, different styles. Um, you know, it was good to see Case get going last night, hit some threes. Um, so, yeah, I feel like they're in a good spot going into, um, you know, conference play and, you know, this matchup on Sunday against uh, Kansas State. And, uh, yeah, we'll be – That'll be a big opportunity for this team. You know, it would be nice to get – it's always good to have one big non-conference win under your belt, like on your resume. Nebraska doesn't really have that right now, and uh, this would give them a big opportunity to get that. So um, hopefully they can do it. It's not obviously going to kill their resume. It's just it means you're going to have to do more in, in Big Ten play. Like if they if they get that win over Kansas State, they might have to just get like 10-10 and 10 in Big Ten play and a, and a win in the tournament, and that might, that might be enough. Um, so – Pretty big game for uh, for December uh, basketball at any rate. Yeah, absolutely. And you kind of want these games to be big in December. You don't want to be out of it by December like we have been in previous years. So it's good to see. And it's hopefully, I still believe this is a NCAA tournament team. Um, we'll see once January and February come around. But I like where they sit right now, all things considered. Um, definitely big win last night. And then we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up here and we'll talk some Nebraska volleyball. Another, uh, epic performance on Saturday. It was a very tight match against, uh, Arkansas. They had to rally in set one, um, and got a, got a lead in set two, won that one pretty comfortably, but, um, it was looking like that was maybe going to go five sets there for a minute, but huge win for Nebraska, you know, Merritt Beeson with a legendary performance. I think she had 18 kills, like 12 block or 12 digs, eight blocks, 
Becca Alik had 12 blocks, um, set a new Nebraska tournament record. So, I mean, she was spectacular. Their block was really effective against Arkansas, which was in a super tall team. Harper Murray, you know, delivered again in, in the third set. Um, so just a Bergen Riley, I mean, had big play after big play. So just really fun to watch this team and uh, to watch them achieve a, another uh, big one of their goals this season. Yeah, the train keeps on rolling for uh, Nebraska volleyball. It's almost like the Alabama of volleyball here. But, you know, this is a, you know, even with the freshmen and, you know, some of the new faces, this is still a battle-tested group. And it's good to see them be able to get the job done when it matters most. And the train keeps on rolling for Coach Cook and company. And, you know, for four national championships under Cook, that this program has had and you know it's just you wish nebraska other nebraska sports had this level of consistency but it's just great to see the volleyball program be able to seal a deal once again and it's just you know a true testament of what happens when when everybody buys in and when everybody you know is you know wants to win and it's not about one individual but the entire team yeah, it's been fun to watch this team. What um what would be nice, you know, on the on the same topic is I wish that ESPN would do some better coverage. You know, too many of these these Sweet 16 matches on, you know, in the afternoon. I mean, just in weird spots, not, you know, they're they're not giving enough time for the matches, so you're having to catch some of the other matches on ESPN Plus. It's just, you know, th- this Which is a great point. Yeah, this is a great sport and um, you know, they they need to give it the proper the proper attention. If they don't want to, then give it to Fox or somebody because, you know, the Big Ten Network has done a great job with its volleyball coverage and it's reaped the rewards of that. And uh, so I think, like, if ESPN doesn't want to give volleyball the time of day, like, give it to somebody who will because it's a great sport and it's only growing. And it's it's kind of like, you know, with the women's basketball. I mean, they are showing the championship match on ABC Sunday, which hopefully Nebraska will be playing in. But, you know, if you give, if you promote it, like, people will watch it. So that's just my opinion on it um nebraska's playing pittsburgh on thursday and then the other semifinal is going to be uh, texas and wisconsin so either way um if nebraska makes it to the championship match it's going to be you know a hated rival on the other side at least from the fan base perspective um it would be uh, last time they played in the championship match the national championship match they lost to wisconsin so that there would be you know kind of some irony there but they did beat wisconsin at home earlier this year but split with them so you know, it's it's great to get to the Final Four. Winning that national championship, though, is still far from a sure thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you look at all the players that are going to come back next year as well. You know, this would be a nice test to really kind of help build that, you know, winning mindset and, you know, winning pedigree for the program moving forward. And, you know, obviously you want to, you want to win, but no matter the result, I think – you know, Nebraska volleyball is set up well for the future. It definitely is a lot of talent on one of the best coaches in the country. Maybe the Trev Alberts calls him the best volleyball coach in the country. It's hard to disagree. I would um, go with the best. Yeah. I wouldn't trade him for anybody. I'll say that I would take John cook over anybody. So I'm glad he's on our side and uh, I'm glad that you guys hung out with us for another episode of our podcast. Um, like I said at the beginning, if you haven't subscribed already, please do so. Um, please get into the comment section. Hit the like button. Um, that all helps us out with our content. Um, we'll be back, I believe, on Thursday for another episode. And uh, as always, guys, go Big Red. Go Big Red.